this is the Business's Mission Podcast. Business's Mission. I'm Gaya Boyd, your host. So I began to see it as this dynamic activity that was unfolding all the time. And I had an option to become a player in this activity if I would learn how does it work. Welcome to our podcast series where we explore kingdom keys for business life and work. I'll do that together with Bill Job. Bill lived 30 years in China where he witnessed God's presence tangibly in the business. You will hear some captivating stories. Bill discovered Kingdom Keys, but both of us are eager to learn more. So we will invite guests from around the world, men and women who are also hungry to experience God move in the workspace. What are their stories? How do they see God move? God is at work in the marketplace and we believe God desires to partner with us way more than we ever thought possible. May these conversations inspire you to connect deeper with God in your business, in your daily working life. Thank you for joining us today in this podcast. We are here in the Netherlands in a beautiful area with all green around us. Well, we are here together with uh, my co-host Bill and we are at the home of Beth. Beth, Welcome at our uh, podcast. Thank you, Gea. Bill, welcome. Good to have you. Thank you, Gea. It's great to be here, and I'm certainly looking forward to this podcast. Pat, can you share a little bit? You are involved with Business's Mission. Well, yeah. for our listeners, uh, Beth and I work pretty close. We actually pioneered together with others the Business's Mission movement in the Netherlands. And uh, I remember the first time we met, but maybe you can share about that evening. I will. I Bert. will. That was, that was way back in 2018. And I still remember that moment that I picked up the phone and I said, I'm going to need help. The story be- before that, my wife and I, we have done some investments in companies, mostly uh, social enterprises. But at a certain point, we were really missing kingdom perspective in those investments. And we were thinking, where are my colleague Christian investors whom we can um, we can join and we can see what, what God is doing in the investment world? Not so much that investment in secular good businesses is wrong, but when Jesus is intentionally known in those investments, it's way better, we think. So um, at that time, through circumstances, and I praise God for all those circumstances that he gave, that I met Arco de Lede from Intersurf, and he invited me to an evening at their offices in Driebergen, which was a BAM evening. And I said, okay, well, I never heard about BAM, but let's have a look. For our listeners, Business as Mission. Business as Mission evening. And then it was autumn 2017, he said to me, when he heard my my search, he said, oh, you really should join the Business as Mission Congress in Dordrecht in 2017 because there was a speaker from an international investment fund, Greg, and he was going to share about investing in God's kingdom. So I went there and that was the start of a beautiful story, which ended up in Well, no, which really continued in February 2018 when I said, you know what, I want to have an evening at my home with potential Christian investors. And uh, so I sent invitation around, but only a few responded. And I said, 
okay, I need somebody on on the announcement page. They don't come for me and they don't know me. And then I said, oh, I met this Gea God. And she wrote a book about BAM. You know what? I'm going to call her. And I think we only spoke briefly in 2017. So I phoned you up. I said, Gea, I need you because I need somebody on the poster. Uh, are you free? And then you came. And that was the start of all of it, basically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then soon afterwards, we brought more people together. Also yeah. at the same house you were living yeah. at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at the same table? It was exactly the same table. That was autumn 2018 when we sat together with the initiative group, with the starting group, and thinking about, okay, how are we going to formalize BAM in the Netherlands, make it a foundation, etc., etc. Yeah. That was a really like an evening where there was a lot of energy. And it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, connecting at that evening, there was indeed the, in the director of a mission organization, a social entrepreneur in the Netherlands, yeah. people involved abroad and... We are like, hey, more people yeah. <laughs> need to feel this energy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but Bill, you are here. This is the story how Bill and I got more involved. When did you hear for the first time about business's mission? I think I heard about it from someone else who was describing what we had been experiencing for a while. So in our story, we ended up in China and getting companies started. And then there was this sort of re-education process that the Lord took us through, kind of to discover what you had just mentioned, Barrett, that uh, instead of going through eight hours at a job so I could do, quote, ministry later on, we began to realize that the Lord himself had sort of invaded the business itself. And so during the eight to five time, he kept showing up and people were discovering him and hearing about him. And we didn't know what was happening. It was just sort of this experiment. And then people began to describe to us what was going on. And mm. when we heard them describe it, we go, oh yeah, that's accurate. That's, oh, this is really interesting. But we had stumbled into it by accident almost. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you are involved now in different uh, businesses, investing. Mm-hmm. Why? What's the difference? I think the biggest difference is that you you connect on a on a hard level with the entrepreneur more deeply than just a good business. I mean, I have wonderful relationship with various entrepreneurs, but when it comes to faith, we, we differ. There is not the connection. And when it comes to investing in BAM companies, you know that the foundation is is deep and it, it's there because that's what connects you is your father in heaven and Lord Jesus. So when it comes to uh, sharing the problems and sharing the joys, you pray about it. And that's not what you do on a regular basis with a secular business, right? So I think that is the most important th- difference, uh, that there is another level of, of involvement. It comes, it goes deeper. So it goes deeper. So you might lay awake at night sometimes because some of those businesses, you are not only investing in businesses here in the Netherlands, but beyond. Yeah. You know, it's more, more like in some cases I felt really angry that things didn't go the way that, humanly speaking, we would have thought it should go because you saw also that uh, Satan was attacking the business, that there were troubles ahead, that there were things happening that you said, but Lord, this is this is a good enterprise. Why are you not blessing this? Uh, and that question remains. 
I mean, that is the struggle of a Christian life, that you see God, at one point you say, Lord, but this is a great business. Why is this not working? And why is the cash flow always troubling? And you know all the issues that we have with businesses. So sometimes I really get, get angry. Get angry at the Lord and get angry at his, his at, at Satan and say, go away. This is not your business. What about you? You were an entrepreneur. Were you sometimes angry, Bill? Uh, I'm sure I was. I, I don't preserve those memories actively, but I'm sure I was. I think I was often confused as well. And it felt unfair. It felt like, well, I'm kind of a decent guy trying to do a decent thing. Why am I getting clobbered with these unexpected uh, adversarial events? And then I realized that I had not actually been prepared for this. Mm. Even though I graduated with a seminary degree, we had no classes in the weapons that we have from Scripture. It says that we have weapons that are strong enough to bring down strongholds. And I realized, I don't know where they are. <laughs> I don't know how to use those. And so part of our exercise was you know, learning how to enact or engage that realm. But I don't feel like we're great at it. We have more experience than we used to, but we still lose some battles. Well, we are working on this course, uh, how to thrive in adversities. You were 30 years there on doing a business Do you have something like, I discovered some weapons, but I want to share one? Uh, I would love to, to share one. One's come to mind, and I'd love to ask Bert if he's seen this as well. So for the first five or six years, I think six years, we could say for sure, we didn't appreciate business as a system that God had created. Mm -hmm. And so we were in what we call survival mode, and we were surviving, but only surviving. And so... The metric that was known to the staff was payday, payroll. And uh, one lady that worked for me said later on, oh, we talked about it all the time. For six years, two or three days before payroll, you never had the money, and it always came in. Mm. And it was sort of this supernatural, repetitive event, which I was rejoicing in, and I felt like we were, quote, victorious. But then the Lord informed me that it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be surviving. We should actually be thriving. We should be really growing. And the reason we weren't is I did not appreciate business as one of the systems that he put into the world by which to bless the world. And so when I began to understand how business operates, then the team came together that supplied the different gifts and the different talents and skills necessary to both manage money and people. So I'm kind of curious, in your investments, do you sometimes come across believers who are entrepreneurial and they have a good idea, but they don't quite yet understand the full picture of what does it mean to actually build a good business? I see Beth laughing. I have an idea that it yeah, sounds I, familiar. You know, yes, I have I have the experience that, that with one particular investment, uh, which Unfortunately, we had to, had to stop that the entrepreneur wasn't an entrepreneur. And he was he was great in what he was doing. But looking at finances was almost, oh, no, 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 that's not spiritual enough kind of thing. Whilst I really had to teach him the basics of bookkeeping, keeping things in order. And I really had to convince him, listen, if I call you in the middle of the night uh, you and I ask you what's on your bank account, you have to give me a good answer because you need to know for the following day. 
And he looked at me, but that's not spiritual. I said, well, maybe not, but it's really necessary for your business. So yes, those those things those things happen, but that's not. I mean, that's not only in the in the in the business as mission space. I see that as well in in the secular world, where people have an idea, they are creative, they go for it, and then they 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 lose the essence of. But where's the fuel in my car? Uh, they they are lost. So, but yes, I see I see people struggling with that. So. Is it spiritual finances, bookkeeping? Yes, it, everything is spiritual. Yeah, it, uh, the and the finances is just one of the essential elements of the puzzle. You you have to have control of that, and if you don't have enough, you die. You you cannot exist. Yeah. So so when I when I say it is spiritual, it's not that the conclusion is so I don't have to look at it. That is most of the time the the conclusion of people who say that. And everything is spiritual, but yeah, this is part that you have to control as well. But there is this subconscious idea, you know, that money can be dangerous. You know, praying, like what you were saying, seemed more spiritual. You know, like we prayed and the money came in, it was God provision. But you're saying, what, what, what are you saying, Bill? Money became, or not just money, but profit became an indication that we were learning to serve. We were serving customers, and the profit was a result of successfully doing that. That kind of serving is actually a, an eternal skill set. When the disciples asked, well, how do you decide who gets the positions of prominence in heaven? The answer was, well, the ones that serve the best are actually going to have that advantage. And I'm of the opinion that serving a customer is actually more difficult than serving by teaching a Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. Because when I have to serve a customer, I have to get out of myself and listen to them, what they want, and really really attend to their needs more than to my desires if I'm going to be successful. That sounds Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, the whole world is about learning to prepare for eternity. And if we operate in a business, money is eternal in the sense that we're commanded to convert it from cash in our bill in our billfold to an, uh, part of our account in heaven. And so when I get to heaven, I think I'll get a bank book from maybe the New Jerusalem Savings and Loan or something. Hmm. And there will be a number in there. And the, the command I have from my master is, make that number as big as you can. And so we, we have to learn how to use money, but we can convert it to an eternal value that will be waiting for us for when we get there. So money is a tool. It's neutral. It's not really good or bad to me, but it's potentially wonderful. Yeah. But I have to be comfortable with it, and I really need to have some. <laughs> like, for instance, we were talking about surviving to thriving. We were barely making it month by month for several years. But then we got to thriving, and we brought into the community that we wanted to bless over $70 million in salaries. That We couldn't have done that if we hadn't learned to really appreciate mm. money, the business concept, and really go for that. But we did all of that partnering with the Lord, just day by day, learning more lessons and seeing Him show up in this way and that way. And so it became a... A, a relational enhancement with Jesus himself, making profit. So you are also investing, yeah. you're investing in heaven, uh, 
that if I hear it right. Well, you can, Do you, you have can, a good bank account now can, <laughs> in the Bank of Jerusalem? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is grace. And personally, I'm not so much looking forward to heaven, to be honest, Bill. <laughs> I'm more a new earth person, to be honest. But that's a different podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different podcast. I, for, I, I would like to elaborate a little bit on, on my role or our role when I talk about it's me and my wife, we do this together. I so often feel that uh, as an investor, you, you do you know in some areas in this world you have these small canoes and they have this extension on the side for, for balance? And I feel a little bit that li like I'm the extension on the side for balance. Mm -hmm. I'm not rowing myself the boat. Can, can you imagine that, that picture? So you have the canoe, you have the entrepreneur, he is rowing the boat, he's doing all the hard work, and I'm sitting aside, together with others most of the time, and keeping the balance of the company. And looking, looking at the side, is he, is he doing his work? And is, when, we, when we jump off, then he will get on balance, I'm pretty sure. But when he stops rowing, we don't go anywhere. So and that that is that is I think the 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 role of of an investor in a company that you are not taking over you're not taking control but you are just there for the balance. The biggest difference when it comes to investing in the secular world that what you put in that balance part of the boat that is finances. When it comes to business as mission you put way more in that balance. That is spiritual guide that is prayerful being prayerfully there. Yes, and the finances, but also your network. Your it's way more than just finances, uh, and that makes investing in BAM companies so it's a joy. And you'll be surprised about the impact. Not always the expected impact, but there's always impact. Can you share something uh, like in one of the companies you are involved in? What do you? What kind of impact do you see? You provide jobs in areas where there is no. No work. There's, I see. I foresee in the when I look at the 1040 window. You know, that's my background. Also serving the persecuted church, and when I when I talk to people in Asia, but when I and talk to people in North Africa, when I have my connections in the Middle East, all the young people want to leave. Wherever you ask, it is in Asia, in 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 the Middle East, in North Africa, young people want to leave. And when you have a church where young people want to leave, they go abroad for better opportunities, then the church is, is, is suffering from that as well. So uh, providing jobs that people are willing to stay, that they have perspective for the future, that is one of the things that I see happening in a few of the companies that I'm involved in, which is great. That, that Because it has the effect on the local church, it has effect on youth workers, it, it, it gives perspective for the future. Can you share some other things that to some of the listeners who might have a little bit more money than I have? Mm -hmm. Why would they want to invest? Because the profit might not be as high as in other companies. No. Uh, but yeah, I, ca I, cannot, I cannot speak for others. I can only speak for myself. We have this saying, my wife and I, we, we are blessed with too much and we have the enormous privilege that we can make a difference. That is how we think about it. 
it is a family company which provides us with too much. And there we are. Putting it in a saving account, that doesn't give much fun. I mean, that's dead money. It doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Putting it in an, in an investment fund far away, yeah, you have good returns. Not always, but it doesn't give the fun. But when you invest it in a person who is rowing in this boat uh, and you can row, go with him on the adventurous tour, that's great. It's it's fun. It's, it's time-consuming, yes. Uh, I remember, I think it was about a year ago, and we had in one month's time, we had really two... Uh, bad hits with some investments that we really not so much financially as well that we have to close down a company and another company was in deep trouble and had to raise funds again and we said you know what we stop doing this we go we go within a fund let others look after our finances and but then for example came print plaisir you're going to meet them this afternoon and there's no, 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 let's join him. He's he, such fun to, um, to jump in his car and have fun together and see what God is doing. You are in the front seat of where God is in action. Uh, that's a privilege. Yeah, this is a social business in the Netherlands, right? Yeah, you yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah, 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 Can yeah. you share something about what, what do you see? I mean, we see the twinkle in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I met Harman last year on the BAM uh, Congress in Dordrecht, and he gave a presentation. And he actually he was in the in the uh, giving a pitch. He gave a pitch in the evening. Uh, I looked at his entrepreneurial skills, and I looked at the the way he was talking about his business, and there was so much energy at that time. And then for a couple of months there was nothing, and then we met somewhere. I don't know really what happened. And then I started joining on his journey. And I see him working in that neighborhood, being a blessing for many, providing jobs, providing uh, a meaningful day for people. And uh, it's fun to be part of that and uh, to see it happening. <laughs> yeah. And to see God at work in person. Yes. So are you investing too? Uh, yes, I am. Why would you tell our listeners to do some investments? Well, I realize that one of the reasons I like doing it, Barrett expressed better than I ever have, when he described the canoe with the outrigger, that the outrigger actually allows for success to happen for the canoe and the pilot in the canoe, the people paddling away, that there are occasions without the outrigger, the canoe will not survive. And to have the ability to come along someone who has more energy than I do, the, who's out there trying to do something maybe really radical, maybe risky, but to come alongside and offer enough support to increase their chances of survival is thrilling to me. Hmm. They say uh, that the number one reason for job satisfaction is the idea that what I do today makes a difference. And This is that opportunity to truly make a difference in other people's lives and younger people's lives. We were just, you know, earlier in the podcast, um, you shared something like when things are difficult, you know, what are some of the lessons? Because, you know, that's one of the questions we are doing in this new series mm -hmm. of BAM um, podcast. Um, do you have 
something to share with the listeners, Beth. Like, you know, you've seen companies struggle. You see, we hear some, some have to close. What are some ways to go through that? Because there is some grief with it. There is not for you also as investor, for the people you see. Why is this happening? Well, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> And then we can do a whole series of the why. But are there some clues you can give to our listeners? How do you go when it's going different than you expected? First of all, in, the, in this particular instance, I took quite some time, and that's a process which hasn't finished yet. You mean a closing of a yeah, of a company? Yeah, that was closing of a, of a company. Uh, through to, um, it was like a, it was a, f a, f a family issue. So I, I looked at first, but now I'm sitting in that outrigger. Thanks for the word. That helps, Bill, better than describing. You are evaluating your own role in that whole process as an investor, as a coach, as a mentor, as somebody who walks alongside the company. And I realized that that especially in, in BAM businesses abroad, but as well, I think, in the Netherlands for Dutch Christian entrepreneurs, that they are that they make sure that they have a team of people around them who who look after them uh, in whatever way, financially, but also spiritually, prayerfully, what have you. And we as a team around this particular family, around this company, I realized that we we have been missing stuff. The company became very successful and we've been putting these applause along the sideline and say, yeah, yeah, cheering, cheering, go for it, go for it, go for it. And we were missing out what was happening at home with his wife and his, his children. So that that is something that when things go wrong, you look at, okay, what has, what could have I have done differently? Don't underestimate the power of of Satan in these things. You really have to be careful when the company becomes successful in the BAM sphere. Because then that is the hard part. Because when, when things are going bad and your cash flow is down and it's always trouble, 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 then we know how to pray. But when you become successful, then that's it. Then you forget the issues. Is that you recognize that, Bill? I see. I, I'm smiling yeah. for the audience. Uh, I do definitely recognize that. And I've heard many people say that it's more dangerous to be successful yeah. than to have you know difficulties because of the closeness to the Lord that that situation gives to you. You, you draw closer to the Lord when you need. I, I'd like to ask Bert uh, to explain a little bit about what he means by kingdom. And the reason is that's what helped me the most. Because I began to see that the company can be measured against kingdom impact, not financial success, not my success, not, not the smaller goals that mm -hmm. we tended to look at. But then when we started looking at, is this actually having kingdom impact, we realized, well, that's a much bigger idea than my small you know, perspective on it. And we always felt like we're not there yet. We're having some, but there's so much more potential. Uh, that helps you to be humble, 
with the success that comes along. So it's easier to begin to look for what's the next plateau and the next plateau because mm-hmm. the challenge of bringing the kingdom of God into our community is is really huge. Yeah. Can, can you be more specific on your question? What, what? You mentioned earlier in the podcast about uh, kingdom investing. Mm-hmm. And my perception is a lot of our international audience may not be that familiar with that word kingdom. Uh, For instance, when I went to seminary, we never talked about that. We only talked about church planting and church growth. And so when the Lord began to show me that the kingdom is also an important concept, Mm -hmm. I had to go back and learn some new things. And so I would love because you're you think kingdom wise and you act in the kingdom for the kingdom's welfare and benefit and it guides you. So I was just was wondering if you could help people who listen to us understand what do you think of when you think of the kingdom because it can help them to create a new category to perceive the value of investing. Yeah, when it comes to kingdom values I I tend to re- refer to the quadruple bottom line and in business as mission, which is kind of the holistic view that is the whole, everything there is, that is the the environment, God's creation, it is the welfare of people, it's bringing justice. And in all of that, it is showing who Jesus really is. That is for me the kingdom, it's being light and salt in areas where, where, where there is need for light and salt, and that's everywhere. That's everywhere. That feels like a much fuller objective than just being profitable. Oh, yeah. It is, I mean, um, um, profit is a means. It's never a goal. Profit is a means. Although, you know, <clears throat> as being part of a, of, a, of a family which owns a large family company, which is the basic is in all our thinking within this family is that it's for the future generation. And and profit is quite handy to accomplish that. <laughs> yes, uh, it is to continue the company. But profit is always a means for something else. It is a means for the other issues that I mentioned. So it is, yeah, it is Micah six eight. It is bringing justice. It is looking after the poor. I mean, the Lord. The, when I read scripture, the, the Bible is way. Uh, more telling, sharing about looking after the, the widows and the orphans than sharing the gospel. And we pick just sharing the gospel out as, oh, that's the thing that we're going to do. I'm not saying that we should not do that, but there's way more than only that. It is being the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ wherever he puts you. Well, that's what I wanted our audience to hear. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, we are... Coming to a close. So thank you for this wonderful environment here in your home, at the table where there is some history, where Business as Mission Netherlands started. Good to be here. Thank you for sharing, uh, Bert. Thank you, Gea. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bert, for your hospitality and all of your the benefit of your wisdom. There's way more to share. I mean, to hear from you as well. So, I'm the host. Yeah. I'm <laughs> okay. guiding okay. this conversation. Time's so, up. Yes. Thank you, Gea. Yeah, thank thank you. you. This was another episode of Kingdom Keys for Business, Life and Work. Don't forget to follow us in your favorite podcast app. Don't miss the next one. 
we have more interesting material in store for you.